0: Suns run to the championship, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports App. Suns finals coverage, presented by Michelob
1: Ultra, talking NBA finals on the Rundown. The Phoenix Suns are two wins away from an NBA championship. It almost doesn't feel right when I say it. I'm Steve Zinsmeister filling in for Luke Lipinski tonight. Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Sarah Cazell filling us in. The big news there. Tory Craig and his injury day-to-day. Day. I honestly was surprised by that. I thought just from watching the game that things might be worse. Uh, and I was a little concerned. I, I, we'll get into it here in a second about why, but initially the Dario Saric injury, not too much to be worried about there. Then Tory Craig goes down, and I found myself on my couch thinking, ah, this could be something. Let's slow our roll a little bit with the Suns, because I feel like we all just want to get to the end of this. We just want it to be Suns and four, Suns and four, Suns and four. And uh, I'm totally on the bandwagon with that. If we could finish this thing off Suns and four, I'm all for that. Um, All along, I've kind of thought Suns and five, Suns and six, maybe. Um, Because I do think that it's going to be tough going back to Milwaukee for the Phoenix Suns. I don't think things are going to be as easy as they have appeared so far. We have every reason to be excited right now about the Phoenix Suns and where they're at currently in this series, but we gotta chill. And I I hate to be this guy. I hate to be the guy who's like the joy killer. Killer of joy. Killjoy. Let's go with that. We have every reason to be pumped about where this team is at and where they're heading where we all hope they're heading. But we gotta chill. On the one hand... When you go up 2-0 in the NBA Finals, it's happened, I believe, 39 times, if I'm doing my math right, and 89% of the time, the team that's up 2-0 in the series goes on to win the NBA Finals. 89% of the time. It goes up to 93% of the time if you just do all of the NBA playoff series in the history of the NBA Playoffs. 93% of the time, you win the series. That's good, right? Here's some of my concerns, and they're not major concerns because it's hard to be super concerned when you're up 2-0 in a series, no matter what the team is, no matter who you're playing, really. But I'm, I'm a little concerned that the Suns might get overworked, especially if Tori Craig misses significant time. Like I mentioned, when Dario Saric goes down with a knee injury, I, I was a little concerned, a little bit concerned. But it's not that many minutes you're losing. and He doesn't play a huge role in the team. He plays a, an important role, but you can't, you gotta be honest, it's not a huge role. It's not super important. But then Tory Craig goes down, and and now all of a sudden you have one big man. You have DeAndre Ayton, who's been fantastic so far in the postseason. I'm not denouncing that. But all of a sudden you got DeAndre Ayton, and if he's having a bad night, which he's allowed to have every now and then, I, I hope it's not during the NBA Finals, but If he has a bad night or needs to sit, all of a sudden, if you don't have Torrey Craig, which we don't know, we don't know if he's going to play or not, day-to-day, according to Woj, he's day-to-day with this knee thing. Hopefully he's back because Torrey Craig has played a huge role so far. I think it was game six of the Western Conference Finals. I don't know if people realize this. Torrey Craig had the highest plus-minus on the entire team, out of everybody. Chris Paul, he was fantastic in that game. Chris Paul was a god in the fourth quarter. Didn't have as high of a plus minus as Torrey Craig did. He is the point god. The point god. I liked, I I honestly, I called my mom and I told her I couldn't go to church with her that weekend. I was like, sorry, I worship Chris Paul now. It's too late. It's too late. And Chris Paul's been amazing, don't get me wrong, but I think we also need to take a look at his minutes. And this is more of a long-term outlook thing. I guess I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse here. I don't want to, what is it, count the chickens before they hatch. But even in these games, specifically in these NBA finals, forget about the future. Right now, you need to worry a little bit about Chris Paul's minutes. Especially since campaign has been so good in the playoffs. And this is a guy who took a long, hard journey to get to where he's at. And a lot of these guys did. But if campaign is capable of doing what he's been doing, and by all means, he is very capable of filling in and and filling some minutes. He played 10 minutes in game one or uh, game two, excuse me, played 10 minutes. I think campaign is certainly, he's able to take on more of a load and that kind of rests Chris Paul, I'm not saying take, you know, your foot off the gas pedal here. I think you have to, you have to not let up on the bucks. That's how you win the NBA finals. Everybody who wins the NBA Finals has to put the foot down, so to speak. But maybe you, maybe you put a little bit of that load on campaign. And it's hard to say that if Tory Craig is out and Dario Sarch is obviously out, uh, it's hard to say that you're going to give those minutes to a point guard because those guys are big guys. And, you know, if I'm just doing basic basketball in my head, it's not the same role. But those minutes have got to go somewhere. I'd also like to see Cam, uh, Cam Johnson take on a bigger role. I think he's more than capable of it. Because right now, the Suns have a seven-man rotation without Torrey Craig. He played, I think it was eight minutes in game two. So it's not super significant. I don't consider that a part of the main rotation. If you count campaign, seven guys were rotating for this team. And that's what happens in the NBA playoffs. All teams go through this, especially the super teams. You got three really awesome players. Maybe you got four role players. And that's pretty much it. The Suns are lucky in that they have depth. They have good depth. And losing two big guys to injury is not the end of the world. Thank goodness we're in that position, because when was the last time the Suns could have said that? But seven guys in your rotation, that's tough. Chris Paul's, what is he, 35, 36 years old? It's tough to ask that guy to play 40 minutes a night. Especially in the NBA Finals. I know Devin Booker is playing, what was it, like 44 minutes. It's a lot. Also, can we just acknowledge the Milwaukee Bucks are not going to stay this cold for this long. At some point, somebody's going to start hitting shots. Other than Giannis, who I I wouldn't argue was, quote, hitting shots, as much as he was just getting a lot of opportunities. But Chris Middleton was 5 for 16, including 1 for 6 from 3. It's not exactly like he was the typical Chris Middleton you get. Drew Holiday wasn't good at all in the first two games, and in the second game, 7 for 21. Ouch. 7 for 21? I can't, I find it so hard to believe that that's going to continue. And and, I don't want to get too, like, concerned here. I'm not saying that the Suns are all of a sudden going to lose the NBA Finals because they are up 2-0 and everything has gone well for them. Double-digit wins in the first two games, you couldn't have asked for much better than that. But I don't expect the Bucs to stay cold like this. Somebody eventually is going to step up. In their last game of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, when there was no Giannis, Brooke Lopez had 33 points. He's capable. Drew Holiday is more than capable. Chris Middleton, we all know, all-star caliber player, more than capable. Somebody's going to step up at some point. I, I don't know who it is, but as they go back to Milwaukee, you better believe that multiple players on that Bucks team are more than capable of it. Another thing I'm kind of worried about is the Suns have no answer for Giannis. No answer. He shot 68% with 12 rebounds, four of which were offensive, by the way. I think 12 rebounds is really good for a player like that. But when you have four offensive, that creates so many opportunities that probably wouldn't have been warranted otherwise. The Suns should be able to out rebound this team, but the problem is the Bucks are so much longer. They're so much bigger. Brooke Lopez, Giannis, they got guys, man. Portis. So I don't think you're going to out-rebound this Bucks team. I really don't. But Giannis, who guards this guy? And I, normally I'd say Torrey Craig plays a huge role in that, although he didn't play a ton of minutes. Um, Jay Crowder, but they haven't been able to do it so far. They haven't been able to stop the guy. He's been really good, despite that injury that none of us thought he would be playing through. And I do consider it playing through the injury, by the way. It's not like Giannis is 100% right now. You look at the end of that game, you look at the end of game two, he is dog tired. And part of that's the injury. A lot of it, though, is the hack of Giannis that we're we're doing here. Sending him to the free throw line over and over. It still amazes me. This is my one pet peeve about baseball, above all others, is that there are these players who are otherworldly good. Giannis um, and others who are so, so good, MVP-type guys, and they can't hit a free throw. And that bugs me for some reason, that you can be so good at so many different things. LeBron was the same way early in his career, and to some degree still is. I think he shoots in the 70 percentages, somewhere in there, from the free throw line. You can hit these amazing shots at the buzzer from three-point range. Giannis can do pretty much anything he wants around the basket, but he can't hit a free throw? I just I find that so hard to believe that these guys are so otherworldly talented, and they can't do the simplest thing. Just practice more. I don't know. Giannis is actually worse at home. I don't know if people realize this. I know they're going back to Milwaukee you know, again. Try not to put the cart before the horse here. But what I was thinking about you know this could be huge for the Bucks is going home. Anybody would rather play at home than on the road, especially the way this Phoenix Suns crowd has been. I mean, we heard from guys like Michael Wilbon, Stephen A. Smith talking about how this is one of the best crowds in the NBA that they've ever seen, which I think we all knew we had in us, but I, I certainly didn't expect to get that high praise this first year of their success. I was a little surprised by that, but Giannis is actually worse at home in Milwaukee, statistically. He shoots 6% lower from the free throw line at home than he does on the road, with all of, all of Phoenix counting to 10 I've never seen so many people counting to 10 in my life. If you didn't know how to count to 10, now you do. Just watch a Suns game against the Bucks. He shoots 3% lower from the three-point line. Now, he doesn't shoot a ton at threes. He, they let him take a couple here in game two, but and, and I think you let him do that. You let him live or die by the three because Giannis is not a shooter, so you'll see Jay Crowder back off of him pretty significantly, and I think that's a good strategy. Put him at the free-throw line if you have to, but he was, he was all over the place. In the third quarter, he scored almost half his points. That's nuts. He had a 40-point game in the NBA Finals, and most of it was in the third quarter. He was dominant. There was no answer, and I'm a little concerned about that going into Game 3, especially without Tory Craig. I know he didn't play a ton of minutes, so it's hard to say that Tory Craig is tasked with stopping Giannis. I think Jay Crowder and Mikal Bridges play a huge role in that, certainly, but they're going to have to take on 100% of that role now. DeAndre Ayton plays a a big chunk of that as well. And I'm hoping that there's a bounce back. Ayton wasn't bad, don't get me wrong, in game two. But he wasn't the Ayton that we had seen over the last couple of games. Here's your objective if you're the Phoenix Suns, heading to Milwaukee for game three. You're up 2-0. We talked about this. like 89% of the time, you win the NBA finals if you're up 2-0. And that's great. Don't let up. But we got to find a way to get some other guys involved. There are great role players on this team. I was listening earlier. Um, here's uh, Amin Hassan talking about this on the Dan Levitard Show. Kind of comments on the role players and the significant role that they play for the Phoenix Suns.
0: I have zero confidence that the Bucs can win a game. Really? A game. What in their history gives us a, the confidence that they'll make adjustments? They don't do that. They don't do that. And the Suns are outplaying them in every facet of the game. Their role players are so bought in and invested and crisp at running their stuff.
1: He's 100% right. He's 100% right. Forget what he says about the Bucs and, and how he doesn't trust the Bucs. That's, that's fine. That's his opinion. What I'll say about the Suns, though, is everything I see from campaign Cam Johnson, Torrey Craig when healthy, I'll throw Sarich in there when he was healthy, is these guys are 110% bought into what Monty Williams is selling. And so I don't let up while you're in Milwaukee, certainly. But maybe we give a little bit more of a role to somebody like Campaign. Get him a little bit more involved. Hey, coming up next on the rundown, we're going to get you all set up for the Diamondbacks as they hit the road in L.A. to face the Dodgers as they prepare for All-Star Weekend. I'm Steve Zinsweister filling in for Luke Lipinski. It's The Rundown on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7
0: FM Arizona's Sports Station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck. Brought to you by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the new Sonic Crave Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. And by Trajan Wealth. Get your retirement on deck with Trajan Wealth, your local trusted financial fiduciary. TrajanWealth.com
1: Well, yesterday the Diamondbacks fall to the Rockies 9-3 because of a three-hit game from Dom Nunez. That wasn't the only reason. The great Bullpen performance for the Rockies. The last four innings they covered and no runs. So you're not going to win doing that. Uh, July, the month of July has actually fared better than the month of June for the Diamondbacks already. Three wins in July, which is the same number they had in all of June. I know. Let that sink in for a second. Um, today, the Diamondbacks head out to L.A. They take on the Dodgers in a three-game series leading up into the All-Star break. Uh, a much-needed, much, needed, much I don't know if I deserved is the right word, but a much-needed break for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I will note, Eduardo Escobar is the only All-Star selected for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I think he's deserving. He's shown a lot of pop this season. Certainly something to keep an eye on in the All-Star festivities. He's not starting, but he uh, I hope he plays in the game. How much longer is he going to be here is kind of a question in the back of my mind. There's been a lot of reporting. This isn't me speculating. There's been a lot of reporting that... The Diamondbacks and the White Sox have had discussions about a possible trade fit for Eduardo Escobar. I know they do have interest in Adam Frazier, who is an all-star second baseman with the Pirates. And I I tend to think that the White Sox would probably rather have Frazier, but Eduardo Escobar might come cheaper. I don't know. His contract's up at the end of the season. But he's an all-star, so congratulations to him. Um, Let's take a look at the standings. MLB standings brought to you by PNC Bank, financial tools and tech to help make things easier Boy, it's uh, not pretty. (laughs) It's not pretty. 30 and a half games back for the Diamondbacks. The Giants currently in first place. We wouldn't have thought that at the beginning of the season. But it is a three-team race in the NL West. The Giants, 54 wins. Uh, A bit surprising. The Dodgers right behind them, also 54 wins. But they have two more losses. And San Diego Padres, who continue to be exciting. Uh, Yesterday, super cool. They had a relief pitcher. And his first ever game, uh, first ever hit, hits a grand slam. You <laughs> just can't make that stuff up. That's that's baseball. So I thought that was pretty cool as well. And that's uh, what happens to good teams. Like stuff yeah, like that is what happens to good teams. It doesn't. It never happens to us, right? No, it never happens to the Diamondbacks. No, yeah. Why can't we have a relief pitcher hit off? Well, we did have Archie Bradley's triple. Yeah, but again, that was when the D backs were a good team. They were, they were in the playoffs. (laughs) I'm saying good things happen to good teams. Like for example, with the Suns, like you have, you know, they they did, they have gotten some, you know, luck with players being out and stuff in this playoffs. And so, yeah, I mean, stuff happens with teams that are going to be good and find themselves in good places. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, man. It's hard to look at any of this and get super excited. But uh, let's take a look at the pitching matchups. Pitching matchups, when the game is on the line, you've been injured. Nobody matches up to the Berg Simpson law firm. Visit bergsimpson.com. That's B-U-R-G Simpson.com. Good lawyers changing lives. Today, it's Taylor Widener making a start for the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, against David Price of the Dodgers. This one's kind of interesting to me, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Taylor Widener coming back off of the I.L. today. Um, He's made a couple of quick rehab starts, and Taylor Widener's been one of the better pitchers for the Arizona Diamondbacks this season. Unfortunately, it's only come in about 24 innings. Uh, He's only got 44 innings in his major league career so far, but he is kind of a bright spot. 2.63 ERA, and if he can kind of get back to what he was doing before the injury, it might not be the end of the world. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Taylor Widener. Uh, As for David Price, he's a mystery to me. He's the most expensive relief pitcher in the league, is how I like to refer to him as. He has yet to throw over 50 pitches in any game this season. He's had four starts. Um, but the way they use him is kind of odd. He's, I think the most he's gone is two and two-thirds innings. Usually it's no more than an inning. Um, so I don't know if this is a bullpen game for the Dodgers or what, but uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch and see how they handle David Price. I, He's not the pitcher he once was. He's certainly not the pitcher that the Dodgers were hoping to get in return. I guess they were hoping for some sort of resurgence of his career after the trade that basically was a salary dump. But uh, I am, I am interested to see Taylor Widener a little bit interested. Also coming off of uh, coming back today is Alex Young is back with the Diamondbacks. So that could be a little bit interesting too. Um, I'm excited about Stuart Fairchild getting called up. I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of people didn't know much about Stuart Fairchild. He came over in the Archie Bradley deal from the Reds. And uh, we've been calling him uh, Manchild, Stuart Manchild Fairchild. I think that's a fair nickname. He's been raking at Reno and Triple A, But the problem the Diamondbacks have faced is a lot of the guys that they have on the roster have raked at A, And then they come up and don't do a whole lot. Or they're not given a significant opportunity, uh, which also doesn't really do you a lot of good. But I am looking forward to that. Uh, we talked quite a bit about that on the Ain't No Fang podcast today. You can find that at ArizonaSports.com. Talking all things Eduardo Escobar, I think he's deserving of the All-Star nod regardless of the rule that every team has to have an All-Star. Uh, I do like the rule. Sometimes I feel like it gets a little overshadowed by, you know, when you have bad teams. But fortunately this year, even some of the bad teams have had really great players. We mentioned Adam Fraser earlier. I'm, I'm excited to see the guys who break out. That's what I love about the All-Star game is seeing guys who maybe you don't always see them in the All-Star game. I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan, and the Orioles have Cedric Mullins this year. I don't know if you know what he's been doing, but he's having an unbelievable season. The last time I checked, I think he was leading Major League Baseball on hits. Cedric Mullins has been fantastic. Yeah, he probably should be starting this game, and I think he will probably start the game in favor
0: of Mike Trout, because Who's Mike Trout's going to yeah. be out. I was yeah. a
1: little surprised to see Tay Oscar Hernandez starting in left field, but uh, anyway, that's the All-Star game. Let's uh, take a look at the keys to the game. <laughs> I am the
0: keymaster. master. D-backs Keys to the Game, brought to you by Cell 2 Sands. Take away the hassle of selling a vehicle yourself. Go
1: to cell2sands.com today. Keys to the Game. You got to jump on David Price early because he might not be around for too long. I mentioned that he barely ever goes too deep into games. Never more than 50 pitches in a start this season. Tire out the bullpen if you can. Also, this is less of a key and more of a suggestion, but uh, the L.A. Dodgers, not as good against lefties. Maybe throw a lefty in. Thanks for uh, giving me some of your time tonight. It is the rundown. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. Thanks so much to Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Keep it locked here. The Diamondbacks are up next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: You've been listening to D-backs on deck. Brought to you by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the new Sonic Crave Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. And by Trajan Wealth. Get your retirement on deck with Trajan Wealth, your local trusted financial fiduciary. TrajanWealth.com.